welcome to your Friday edition of The Upside. Now, this is going to be a little different this week than our normal Friday episodes because we haven't done a new, quote unquote, Upside episode on a Friday before. We were supposed to, but Olivia decided to make her world debut yes. on the fri- what would have been the first Friday show of 2024. So uh, we have so many questions have come in and so many and well wishes and 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 uh prayers and kind thoughts and good vibes and all that stuff which we thank you so much for but so many questions have come in and and feedback that we want to spend this entire episode tackling those because we knew we would have left some stuff out over the past two episodes yes. so that's what we will be doing today uh first we're Overjoyed to report that Olivia had her second doctor's appointment since being out in the out of the hospital, and to quote our pediatrician, she's perfect. Good job, you guys. That's what she said. <laughs> I love our pediatrician. She is hilarious. We always laugh with her, and she's a mom of four, so I feel like she could tell us that it's good for our kids to walk over a cliff, and I would be like, okay, mom of four, you know what you're talking about. Got it. (laughs) I do do think, I mean, I know there are probably terrific pediatricians out there who do not have any kids. But if I was a woman, I wouldn't want to see a male gynecologist. Right. That would be my personal. If I had to go to a urologist, I probably wouldn't want it to be a female. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. you just need to have the parts to fully appreciate the journey. I think that's my opinion. Well, I think for us, it's so, her. So, so just the four kids just give her credibility on top of her, what do you call it, medical degree and, and college degrees. I think, I don't know many people with four kids that are super uptight. Like, they kind of are like, yeah, you know, it's like second time parents. Like, yeah, the kid will be fine. Right. Um. So I just appreciate, I know there's probably people that are like, no, I need someone that like looks into everything and ha- is a really strict on this and really strict on that. I love that she's a mama for because she's laid back and she knows she's able to prioritize what matters and what doesn't. And that's right. what makes me like her. Um. So, you know, I just think... <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's awesome because she just says it like it is. Yeah. And, you know, it's just a joy every time going in there, uh, which is, you know, not always a, a thing when you go to a doctor. But I'm always happy to see her. And she's just great. So go, Olivia. Good job gaining weight. She's I back feel like up. we're raising a weightlifter. She's back up over six pounds. She was six pounds, four ounces when she was born. She dropped down to the high fives. Now she's up to six six. Am I yeah. remembering that right? Yeah. So, uh, good job, Olivia, doing doing what you need to do. Okay, let's say thank you to our podcast supporters right now, and then we'll come back with your questions. The first one, Callie, is a doozy oh boy. for you. It's the dooziest of the doozies. When I found out I was pregnant with Olivia, I wanted to find a new OB and I didn't really know where to start, but I went to ZocDoc and I was able to read reviews about this OB that one of my friends had mentioned. And these are verified patient reviews. So I got to see what she was like and um, if I thought I would kind of gel with her before I ever made that appointment. And then this amazingly beautiful, the most beautiful button I've ever seen on a website came up and said, book now. That's right. I booked an appointment online and I didn't have to talk 
to anyone. The typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 and 72 hours, and that's it. You can even score same-day appointments. I use ZocDoc. I absolutely love it. It makes my life easier, and it's going to make yours easier, too. And the best part, it's free. Go to ZocDoc.com upside and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com upside. ZocDoc.com upside. If you have a family like I do, you need to get term life insurance to protect your family. It's not something exciting and fun that we want to talk about or even think about, but the reality is it is necessary. It is vital. And we want to make sure our kids are taken care of when we are gone. Fabric by Gerber Life makes it simple to protect your family's financial future so you can focus on what's ahead, knowing your family is protected if something else unexpected happens. Fabric by Gerber Life was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. You could go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash upside. That's meetfabric.com slash upside. M-E-E-T-F-A-B-R-I-C.com slash upside. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. I am here to make your life easier. You're welcome in advance. You're welcome because I am trying to introduce peace to my 2024. And one thing on that peace list is feeding my kids and not having to think about what I'm feeding them. And that's where our friends, a little spoon come in handy. We started using little spoon when Ellie was little and they have foods that are healthy for all stages of your kid's life. So it starts with like the baby blends. Then you can do like their finger foods. They have plates that are like big kid meals with like hidden veggie mac and cheese, all the stuff that's good for them. They don't know. They just know that it tastes delicious and you didn't have to think about it. I mean, you can find everything you need right on Little Spoon's website. Did I mention that it all comes right to your door? So you can go pick out the menu. You can change what you order. The price is right. The quality is unmatched. It makes our life more peaceful for 2024. One less decision to have to make. Simplify your kiddos mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com upside 30 and enter our code upside 30 at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. That's Little Spoon dot com slash upside 30. I can't believe I didn't even think to ask this question, but it's a it's a great one. And I, I feel I feel as though you would have offered up this info. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to I'm going to say that your answer is probably no. OK, but uh, we got an email from a woman who wants to know if you have any memory of the time when your heart was stopped, specifically a bright light or, uh, you know. Like a near-death thing? Any sort of, like, the sound, the, the, the talk of people, you know, looking down on yourself being worked on or anything crazy like that. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I got nothing, um, which I think is a good thing. You yeah. know, that means that I was not, you know, close to death, um, which, yeah, it's great. So I'm happy not seeing anything. I don't, I, it's kind of like a, somebody hit fast forward or something and there's you know a chunk of time that i don't remember um it's like but a di- no i got nothing it's like when i had it's like i took a nap and woke up yeah i remember it's so weird to me when i had that uh tooth pulled it was mm-hmm. the, it was mm-hmm. the first and only real surgery that i've ever had mm-hmm. and 
I just remember being in the room with the dentist and he said, uh, okay, just confirming it's the top tooth on this, uh, you know, he was touching, he used to touch the jaw or the side of your face where yeah. it is. And next thing I know, there was a woman in there saying, uh, hey, Callie's right here. And I was in a completely different room, right? Yeah, you're like, how did I get here? How did I get here? Uh, my pants were off. It was very Jeff. strange. <laughs> it was an alleyway. <laughs> It's kind of shady, but I didn't ask questions. Yeah, I just figured that's how that's how you pull a tooth. Hey guys, it's Liz. Um, you're gonna hear this more than once. So, Callie's um, situation was a placental abruption. Um, placental ablation is a different procedure, um, but I am incredibly grateful, knowing what I know about placental abruptions. Um, super, super, super grateful that Olivia is here, everyone is safe and healthy, and I 100% support both of you going to chat with someone to process the situation because um, it's real hard. Um, and um, But I'm super grateful that everyone is here and healthy and the Dollar Family of Four is rocking it. Love you guys, bye. That's so weird, Dollar Family of Four. I know. I'm really grateful that I didn't know anything about placental abrupt abruption. Whichever the right version Whatever of it is. Whatever the right version is, um, before it happened, because had had the perinatal specialist said that and I knew more about it, I would have had a meltdown. Like just because of what it could lead to, it can be very scary. So thank God I am totally oblivious, had no clue what that meant. I'm like, oh, okay, no problem. And then reading about it afterwards, I'm like, oh, okay, so that is a big deal. Um, and someone asked to piggyback onto that question, someone on Instagram asked, um, so was it actually an abruption because he thought that was it, but he couldn't see it. Uh, it was, and the surgery, uh, my OB confirmed afterwards, it was about 20, I think she said 25% of whatever yeah. that is where your, you know, placenta separates, uh, 25% of it. And that's concerning because if it becomes significant, the baby, it doesn't, the baby. The baby doesn't have any access to any of the oxygen to and me. blood and yeah. all that. Yeah. So, the most obvious question is, what caused the code blue? Did you have a reaction to the epidural? Like, what happened the whole time? I'm like, tell us what caused it, what the doctors say. Oh, my God, what, what an experience. I'm sure that we all feel like we need therapy after listening to your story. I am so sorry, sorry. that it happened, but I am so glad that you're okay. Thanks. Bye. Buckle up. That's all I got to say. And the fast answer would be, we don't know, which is why we weren't able to tell you. Um, the it, it took a very, it, it is kind of unfolded after. <laughs> it's like making sense of a, a big storm or after, you know, things are blown around and there's, you know, lawn furniture in your neighbor's pool. Like you're just trying to get an idea of like, okay, where's all my stuff? What's the deal? And that's what we were doing for you know trying when to. i got it that's what we we're trying to do um the way that it i don't even know how to like tell this in a chronological order um so we heard what happened when we were in the hospital you know like everyone coming up to us whatever 
Uh, well, we didn't hear what happened. Some of us were there for it. Some of us. You weren't. Jeff you Dollar. you were napping. I was I was a bit out of it. But I witnessed the calling of the code blue. I yes. witnessed the woman who performed chest compressions on Callie's hospital bed on top of her. You saw her literally like riding I, my like riding, riding the, me, the bed basically. down yeah. into <laughs> OR. I witnessed the uh Outstanding nurses and doctors and surgeons of Northside running with your bed into the OR. I saw all of that. Yeah. And so, so did everyone else. And so did everyone else. And then, you know, we came out when we were in recovery. People were, you know, stopping by literally our entire our entire hospital stay going out of their way to say, oh, my God, I heard about it. Are you OK? How are you feeling? How's Jeff doing? Is the baby healthy? What's going on? You know, so so we were like, yeah, this is this is what happened. Um, I get a call the day after. Um, I And can I interject? Of course. OK, of course. Up to this point, we were so overjoyed to have Olivia. We were so crashing from the adrenaline of what happened to Callie that we had not fully thought about what happened to Callie, right? Mm. We that had been that we left that on Friday and it it was, you know, and, and we it, were really feeling really grateful that everyone was so concerned and like so grateful checking up and yes. just I mean the truly truly like everyone that stopped by to check in I just wanted to give them a hug and say yes. wow this is over the top care like this is awesome they they care I mean Morgan came in on her day off to check on us like that's incredible Morgan is the the nurse, nurse that the nurse jumped who on did top of me yeah. chest compressions um, so to to so so just know that that's where we're thinking for the first 24 hours. And then I leave the hospital for a few minutes to go over to our office to see how things are going there. And and I get a phone call. call. I get a phone call in the room. This is the day after I'm still like really super out of it. (laughs) feel like I'm coming out of a tornado. Um, And it's the anesthesiologist that called me and she said, I am, you know, off today. I'm actually calling you from home, but I wanted you to get the facts straight about what happened in your, you know, in that whole, you know, experience. And my first thought was, Oh, great. Good. Someone, someone's calling to tell me what's going on. Like, I love that. And she said to me, you didn't code. You did not, there was no CPR given. Uh, this is actually fairly a, a fairly normal response to an epidural. You passed out. Sometimes people pass out with epidurals. Again, you know, yours, it just is a thing that happens to people sometimes. And so I was like, okay. And then I'm trying to rectify that with, but why is everyone so worried about me? Like if I just passed out, why? And I was so confused because I felt, um, I felt like someone's hand on my chest so I knew that someone was touching me. So I was just like, okay. And I was, you know, it was like a fine conversation. Um, and then. Then you hung up and texted me immediately. Yeah. And 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 I called you. And that conversation was, was Callie almost, almost being relieved. Like, hey. Oh, nothing happened. No, nothing happened. It wasn't that big. Everybody's making a big deal. And me saying. Kelly, 
I was there. What does she and mean? She, and she did say, she said, your OB's notes are wrong. I don't know what the nurses told you, but that's not what happened. I'm the doctor in the room. I know what happened. You did not. There was no code. And so, yeah, I was. I called Jeff and I was like, well, guess that didn't happen. And Jeff's like, what do you mean it didn't happen? I saw it happen. I heard the code blue. So, like, I, I heard I, that. I watched it. Right. I saw someone on top of you. If like, nothing happened, why did they run full speed with you into the OR? And why was I getting regular updates from the outstanding nurses who were just surrounding me? Yeah. Right? Why was I getting updates like... Hey, she opened her eyes before we left the room. Hey, she has started to speak. Hey, she is making right. sense and right. she asked about you. Uh, why did I get introduced to Morgan as this is the person who started chest compressions? Why did Morgan tell us right. that she thinks that it, it didn't require many chest compressions? It, it was about eight chest she compressions. Said eight. Yeah. Why did she think, why did she know that? And why did she, she know that you were out for about one minute? Mm -hmm. why, why did everybody know it? Right. If there were 50 people involved in Callie's care, 49 of them said that CPR was performed, said that it was a code blue, said that it was highly unusual. Uh, people said things, that t told me that they had been worked in labor and delivery for X number of years, and this is only the third one they've witnessed. Mm -hmm. Code blue in labor yeah. and delivery. Yeah. Somebody else explained that uh, it doesn't matter. So... So if I'm being honest, I'm frustrated that you got that phone call, that this person would call you, because to me, that sounds like a cover your butt call. Well, and to me, it was like a little, I felt weird about it after we got off the phone, because I felt like it wasn't very um, calling to check on me. It was very, it felt really self-serving to me. It's a hundred percent self-serving. Did she even ask how you were doing? Did she even ask how Olivia was doing? I don't remember. Uh, if she did, I don't remember her asking that. And if you're, I mean, just basic, well, whatever. I want to call and make sure you have your facts straight. If your facts are straight, anesthesiologist woman if your facts are straight what Callie's facts facts are facts right there's only one fact. there's only one fact right so it doesn't matter Callie could be saying uh I yeah I passed out and a unicorn climbed up out of my hospital bed and jammed its horn up my butt and that's what woke me up great let Callie have that story because you know what Everybody who needs to know what really happened knows yeah so the fact that she called you so in my head I was thinking Kelly must have, because you're still, you're not high, like. But the take, adrenaline's wearing off. I mean, I'm pain just not. pills. Yeah. No sleep. You haven't eaten since dinner on Thursday night. Right. You know, sucking down ice chips and, and maybe some applesauce at that and, point, yeah. right? You know? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, maybe you're confused. But then you confirmed that when the rounds, when the anesthesiologist not the one who performed the epidural. The one who rounded the next day. Her associate came by and said, yeah, I'm looking at the notes and it appears that you fainted. Yeah. And, and she said, it's it's pretty common. I've had two kids, two epidurals. I fainted with both. Super common. Happens all the time. No big deal. Um, and I was like, okay, well, thanks for letting me know. And I'm trying to sort this out. Then we talked to one or two other nurses that were like, yeah, you 
didn't faint. Sorry, that's not what happened. Like you flat out did not faint. We could not find a pulse. We started CPR. So I'm getting all of this conflicting information, but 98% of people are saying one thing. 99 and, and a half. Well, the two anesthesiologists. Okay. Like, so, and then two people are saying, no big deal. You're totally fine. Whatever. And my OB, you know, thank God for her, was like, you know, this is weird to me. I want you to talk to a cardiologist. I want you to talk to a neurologist, which, you know, in retrospect, I feel like that should have been the phone call that I was getting in the first place to say that was really weird what happened. I think we need to do a couple tests just to rule out. Here's what I think happened. I don't really know. Let's do some tests to make sure the cardiologist isn't worried. You know, and I would have said, oh, thanks for looking out for me. Um, Do you know what was really frustrating about one of the things that they said to you? hmm. How they said, I'm a doctor. The other people in the room, they were just nurses, so they don't really know. That really, really pissed me off. What? What? I know. That was really... If you've ever spent more than 15 (laughs) minutes in a hospital, either as a patient or as a visitor, you know that the oil in the engine... Are the, the nurses. nurses, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, whatever. And I really, I mean, this is personal opinion, but I've never met a nurse that's like, oh, like that was a huge deal. That was, like nurses aren't that dramatic. Right. Feel, they're like, oh, your arm broke? Yeah, suck it up, kid. Here's a cast. See you later. <laughs> right. Take an aspirin. You know, like I, you know, even my parents' friends who are nurses are like, yep, that's fine. Oh, you feel sick? Get your butt to school. Like, right. They're just tough. Um so for so, them, and for that's them not across, the care I was getting was yeah. tough enough. The care I was getting was, oh my God, let's take really good care of you. That was really awful what happened. Um, that's the care I was receiving from everyone except for this person. And you so, know, so to answer the question that was originally asked, no, we don't know why because we did order uh, Callie's medical records, every possible version of them. The ones that we have received so far. Have this is so. Do you have them? I, can I read them verbatim? If you want to, <laughs> if can you, you hand want me your to? Phone? Yeah, I do. Okay. I definitely want to read them because it's so different. The accounts are so different. Yeah. Okay. So the one, can I read it? Yeah. Okay. Um, so there's a note in my chart that says significant event note. It says within 20 minutes after epidural placement, the patient was speaking with both the OB and anesthesia attendings and abruptly became pale and increasingly non-responsive. She then became unresponsive. A pulse was not palpated and CPR was initiated. A pulse was then palpated within one to two minutes and CPR was discontinued. She was Read that last line again. And what? CPR was discontinued. So that means at one point it was continued. It was started. Right. Uh, she you was can't taken, discontinue something that has never happened. She was taken to the OR where she was responsive, demonstrating a return to her baseline. The anesthesia team believed that the patient most likely had a vasovagal reaction, which is like, what, like a glorified it's, a, it's like the passing out thing that they were talking yeah. about. We then proceeded with the planned repeat C-section, and then my doctor signed that note. Um, so that was her note. That that's the statement. Sur- that's the surgeon's note. That statement lines up with what Jeff saw. It lines up with what the nurses told us. It, that is the story that we got first, um, which makes that like that. So I'm confused, you know, by that call. And I'm like, oh, maybe that didn't happen. Then I read the notes and I'm like, oh, it did happen. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Uh, then the anesthesia notes say. Um, now, the, the, just, just, to get down, just to get on the level of the anesthesiologist, the first note that you just read about discontinuing CPR, that was written by a surgeon. 
right? Well, I'm obstetrician, yeah, but she cut me open and right. got she the baby surgery. out. Yeah. Not a nur- not one of these lowly nurses. Right, right, right. But a real life MD. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> um, okay, so then the comments here here's the what it said in my anesthesia thing it said following cse i don't know what that means patient patient had plus loc i don't know what that is either was immediately placed on oxygen and taken to the or she quickly regained consciousness no cpr needed um no cpr needed seems like an odd thing to put into a chart like they also didn't say we didn't clean her ears we didn't x-ray her elbow we didn't wipe her butt. Like, that's not in there. But those are all things that might happen at a hospital. Why um, Why are you making special note in your in the chart to say no CPR was needed? Um, or is she alleging that the CPR that was done was unnecessary? Well, here's what. So then a different OB talked to the anesthesiologist, and it says they, they have another note that says the anesthesiologist who was present during the code that occurred after patient received her epidural. So that that is the account three times now. Um, she gave, I'm confused by what you're saying right now. The A different OB who talked to the anesthesiologist wrote down in my chart the anesthesiologist who was present during the code. So there was a code, according to Oh, right. So that's, an, that's so another... Oh, I understand. Right. I understand. Okay. Um, so anyways, they... Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't seem, to me, a code blue is not something vague. It's not, you know, saying, oh, what color hat did Ellie wear to school today? Oh, she wore her purple. Oh, wait, wait, no, maybe it was her red one. I don't remember. It's not that. Code blue, you remember, I would think. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, no. And, and if it's not a code blue, isn't that an issue? If you're the, quote, doctor in charge of the room and everybody's saying it's a code blue, don't you want to raise that issue and say, hey, who hit that button unnecessarily? Right. It wasn't a code. This wasn't necessary. Yeah. Why did you do that? Yeah. Yeah. There's so many problems with it. So to answer the question that was and asked. And I just want to say also, I love my OB team. They have done such an amazing job of listening to me, of being proactive with calling, like they're the ones that called the cardiologist, called the, called the neurologist, have followed up with me, saw me three days after. To be, I mean, they're unbelievable. Um, so I I just am so grateful for their care and I'm grateful that they're proactive in saying, mm, this doesn't feel right and we want answers for you, so we're going to order more. And I cannot, I will never be able to thank them for doing that for me. Um, Because I feel like they're abdicating for me. The second half of this story is um, I have spent the past couple days pretty enraged. Uh, Yeah, I would say enraged, uh, like post-Cali miscarriage enrage. Enrage. Remember we talked about that on the show? It was even worse. This is worse. This is encapsulated in because – and a testament to the people – at Northside Hospital. Because you know my trick. I've talked about this on the podcast before. I go to the CEO. Jeff doesn't when, mess around. Whenever something really bad has, has happened. Like I think the one um, from a year or two ago is it involved a Hertz rental car. Yeah, I not know, really bad, quote unquote. But like not like that, not like for like death, this, like right. this. <laughs> but something and customer service, they were just like, there's nothing we could do. So I found the CEO. 
Who? I did. I and did. you have like a hundred percent response rate with people being like, "Oh my gosh, we want to take care of this immediately," because CEOs typically care. So right. What do I do? I Google the CEO of Northside Hospital. It's a guy named Robert something. He has a very long last name that that I'll, I'll mispronounce if I try. So I'm not going to. And I I try to track him down. He's inaccessible. Yeah, we, of course. They, they say. We do not, like the people at Northside Hospital say, we don't know how to get in touch with him. I'm sure they don't, yeah. So I, on the, the other day, I'm on the phone. I'm being, The only way I could describe myself is ragey bratty. Mm-hmm. I was just saying, you can't help me. I don't want to talk to you. I want whatever. The woman I was talking to de-escalated me in such a terrific way. She got me to tell her She really story. did. I feel like we need to call her back and say thank you. I don't even remember her that name. That was lovely. So, so anyways, I get passed through the system. At some point, I end up talking to somebody who's in patient affairs. Um, and she was lovely, but I was frustrated because really the only response that, that I got from that person is you can file a grievance, which is something done through the state of Georgia. Mm-hmm. And the end result of that grievance, I will never learn. You will never learn. Right. You basically file a complaint against a doctor. That complaint is evaluated by a panel of that doctor's peers. And then that doctor's, I don't know, given a demerit. What? Like a hand slap a or something. Out. I don't, I don't know. know. What, yeah. I don't know what happens. Can't drive their car on the weekends and for six months. And they don't know who submitted it, right? So the doctor doesn't know what case it was. And then, it's I just, don't know. And we would never know the result. But what I was trying, what I'm trying to say to everybody is, I want to talk to this doctor. I want to know, first of all, why the doctor is is speaking a truth. Callie doesn't want me to say liar, so I'm going to say it like this: Why is this doctor speaking a truth, speaking her truth that's different from everybody else who experienced that same moment? Mm-hmm. Why is hers different? Mm-hmm. I want to understand why hers was different on the phone, and I want to understand why hers is different in the written notes. Mm-hmm. Then and only then can I make a decision, can we make a decision on the validity of the other information she put in the charts. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, all I want to do is find out why this happened to you because it can never happen again. It's not an option. Yeah. It's not like it's not an option. So. And you called her. I have left her messages. Um, she has not called me back. The people at patient affairs, I screwed that up because when I was talking to them, they really told me that my only course of action was this grievance. Mm -hmm. They said that they cannot compel one of their own doctors to give us an explanation for any care received. Like she said, you're more than welcome to call the doctor. But they don't have to. They don't owe you an explanation past what they already said. Right. So she basically said, you're not going to get any answers. And I said, well, is the only way I'm going to get this done is is to get a lawyer and and have a lawyer create, like, do a a lawsuit or or do a testimony or or do I have to do something like that? And she goes, well, I'm not a a lawyer. I'm not a legal expert. But certainly, you know, that's an avenue you could pursue if you want to pursue that, blah, 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 blah. Somebody else in her office, simultaneously, while I'm on the phone with her, somebody else in her office reached out to Callie, probably as a result of my bratty, ragey phone call. When Callie called that person back, they said, I'm sorry, we can't talk to you. Your husband said you're retaining a lawyer. So they won't talk to us. And I was like, Jeff! (laughs) Well, and I'm so mad at that because I said, I didn't say we're going to sue your pants off. I said, are you telling me the only... The only way to to get my doctor to tell me 
what happened to me is, is, by, is by forcing her legally to say this is what happened it's to by you. By a lawsuit? Yeah. That's, that's ridiculous. ridiculous. Right. So it's so... Anyways, it's so maddening that I have been to Northside Hospital on two occasions related to my heart. Mm -hmm. Wonderful experience. I mean, when hospital stays. Yeah. Your experience with Ellie was terrific. A hundred percent. So beautiful. Incredible. Everything, yeah. everything about it. This experience, outstanding. But with the exception of when you died, briefly. But that's but, our attitude, too. It's like, crap happens, but we just need to know what happened. Right. But that's not my attitude anymore. If, if, if she had called you on Saturday and said, I am going to go over every data point I have on Monday and figure out why this happened to you, then Done. round of applause. Great. Thank you. Why are you lying? Why are you lying? And more importantly, the thing that's really... I, we have to stop talking about it after I say this. Why are you lying? And why is Northside protecting the doctor and not advocating for the patient who experienced a code blue under their care? Yeah. Why aren't they re you code blue? Northside should call you up and say, hey, what do we need to do for you? Mm -hmm. How do we make this okay? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. But no. Oh, no. We can't tell you what the doctor did. Well, can you tell me why the doctor lied? No. Yeah. And I think this is all coming from like, you know, I was listening to you. Jeff and I have talked about this a lot the past week. And for you, you know, like you've, you've said to me several times, like, this is your life. This is your health. I saw my wife getting CPR. I need answers as to why that happened. Like, this isn't something that... <laughs> It's it's that, but it's I saw you get CPR. I it's personal. That's what I'm saying. Like this is your family, your health. I think anyone in the same position would be but, advocating for the person they love after seeing what you saw. But why to me. is she lying? What did she do? Yeah. How did she screw it up so badly that she's made a decision to? I'm sorry, you don't want me to say lie. Well, I just don't want you to call her to, a liar. She just won't talk to us. So all we know is what she wrote and what she wrote is not Why true. is she offering a truth that's different than 99% of the people? And if she's right, what happened that everybody else thinks it went differently? Mm -hmm. I'm willing to give that benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. But what happened? Yeah. Anyways, next question. Hey, good morning. Uh, first off, congratulations, Jeff and Callie. So glad that Olivia is here safe and sound. Just a quick question. Would there ever be a possibility of maybe having Morgan come on the podcast and tell her side of the story? Um, just because it seems like she played a really big part in the story, and I just didn't know if there was a possibility of seeing her POV. Also, did you all consider, and I know a baby's name is very important. It's with them for the, their whole lives. Did you consider possibly using some form of Morgan's name for Olivia? Um, and will Olivia know Morgan, you know, obviously later on in life? Or I know Kelly said you guys were instant friends, but I just kind of wanted to understand that dynamic and, and maybe see if listeners could hear maybe her side of the story or her point of view. Um, but so glad that Kelly's okay. So glad that Jeff made it through. 
um, the situation with Callie, and we love you all, and congratulations, and feel be- better, Callie, really soon. Bye. Um, easiest- I, I wanted to name the kid Smorgasbord. <laughs> Morgan for short, and Smorgasbord would be the legal name. Um, we actually did talk about that. We talked about Olivia Morgan was like, you know, one of the names. Um, we we had so many names that we were punting around. Um, so yes, we we did talk about it. Um, we also exchanged info like with Morgan, and we're like, you know, we both love like cooking steak and stuff like that. So we're like, let's get together for a steak dinner. Um, so I think yes, she will definitely know like what happened. Uh, but I don't want to scare her. Also, <laughs> like my mom had some pretty gnarly birth stories, and I think sufficiently scared me. Uh, and I don't want to like you know. Like, I don't want to terrify her, but yeah, she'll, she'll know. And I, as for having her on, um, I would guess at this point that she probably wouldn't be allowed to, Yeah, <laughs> allowed to like, no I way. I can't imagine at this point, any Northside is going to sign off on anything podcast related. No, probably, probably. not. Um, but yeah, so she probably can't, but, uh, I am grateful that we got to hear, you know, hear her tell us kind of like what happened and help us walk, walk through. Cause that was really um, helpful and also healing. So she's amazing. She, we have been asked if we're also going to nominate her for a Daisy award, which we are. Um, that I, you know what, here's the thing. I, I want to nominate her for that, but I really truly with the exception of that one person, I want to nominate everyone I know. for a Daisy Award. Everybody who came into your room, all the people who were and the all my know, friends, the that women's I made. center floor, all, <laughs> all of those, the woman who is in there with you pre-op, that yeah, woman, the she women was awesome who were sitting at your head, the woman who was wearing the Mickey Mouse uh, or the Minnie scrub Mouse top. scrub top that was with Olivia right after she was born. That I mm-hmm. spent so much time talking to, who clearly knew that I was. Not okay. in shock. Yeah, and she's like, "Can I get you a cup of coffee, sir?" But beyond that, <laughs> I mean, she was just so gentle and was really. In retrospect, I realized what she was doing. I want everybody to get one of those Daisy Awards. Yeah, yeah, it was really, it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, you want to take one from Instagram? Yes, please. Um, what was my parents' reaction to your text about me? With the code blue. I don't think they understood. They didn't get it at the beginning. So I sent them a text. Where's my phone? I sent them. I didn't know what to do um, with that with that information. Like I didn't know. Like Because I couldn't get on the phone with them. But the, I you're their daughter so i feel like they should know but i also wasn't in a situation where i could call them and give them constant updates i think you sent that and later you said something else about like or you sent them a picture of morgan and you're like oh this is like the person i got it here's the text exchange um so i said oh you were right about the surgery times because i texted your parents 215 surgery so 215 was the original time then i said noon your mom asked if you were having contractions, and I said uh, no, but an operating room is available at 11.59. I said she's getting an epidural now, and at 12.23, I sent the picture I took of the closed operating room door. Um, I wrote, this happened, and then I cut and pasted this from uh, the internet, the term code blue. I'm, I'm glad that my parents didn't know what's going on because in retrospect, that's a really cryptic thing to say. 
What? Just send the definition of code blue and say this just happened. It's not correct. How else would I say it? Callie coded, but she's fine now. Or there was a code blue called, but Callie's fine now. Do you know? Did you know precisely what a code blue was before? No. I, yeah. No. I had no idea. So I wrote, this happened, and I sent the definition of code blue. The term code blue is a hospital emergency code used to describe the critical status of a patient. A patient. Hospital staff may call code blue if a patient goes into cardiac arrest, has a respiratory issue, or experiences any other significant medical emergency. I said, she is awake and talking, talking now. Your mom asked what happened. Um, I said, I haven't seen her since that. They're updating me from the OR. The, I think it was a reaction to the epidural. Then five minutes after that, I said, I'm in the OR with her now. Um, and then at 12.36, I wrote, baby out. Callie is really out of it, but she's okay. Uh, then I sent this picture. It's going to make me cry. Oh, of me kissing Olivia? Yeah. Because now I'm back in there, and God, it was awful. Um, and then I sent her a couple pictures from the little recovery thing. Didn't at one and point then, you sent yeah, a picture I, of Morgan and my mom was like, Callie had CPR? Yeah, she responded <laughs> with, yeah. And then I called them at some point. So there you go. Yeah. Um, okay, can I do an, another one from Instagram? Yeah. Um, what were the Olivia name choices? How did you come up with her name? And someone uh, also asked, did you come up with your name before Mosh from Mo News came up with his? Well, Olivia was on the list for Ellie, Ellie. right? So she was on, she made the short, she was on the top 10 for. She was in the top three. We had, Ellie was either going to be Elizabeth James Dollar, Olivia James Dollar, or Chloe Elizabeth Dollar. Those were our three. Names that we had. Is it weird that she's such an Ellie? She's such an Ellie. Like Chloe. No, she's not a Chloe. She's not a Chloe. And I don't think she's an Olivia. Well, I don't no, know. She's not an Olivia. Um, but yeah, so Elizabeth James Dollar is is Ellie's name. So we had we really liked Olivia. Um Jeff I, added I, that to the list. Right. So we had Olivia and then we had another name, but Jeff uh didn't like a kid that was associated with the name. So he said, well, I, it was my number one name. And then Callie and I had an interaction with a child who had that name and she was just terrible. She was, Jeff was like, I can't do it. She, I can't do she it. was so poorly behaved and it was just shocking. Yeah. And I, I was, Olivia was my first anyway. So I was fine that you were done with that. I, I was, I chalked that up as a sign. It's like, don't use that name. Cause I was, I was 90% there, but not 100, so it didn't take much for it to come. And what's funny about these is I knew that Ellie was going to be Ellie James. Like, I just knew it. I was like, I know we haven't settled on it, but that's my gut. That's her name. That's the thing. Um, with Olivia, I was like, Olivia Blake. That's not, Like, when I came up with Olivia Blake, I was like, boom, that's the name. And I like it because it has the same amount of syllables, so I think that's cool. It has, like, a co-ed middle name or, like, a boy-leaning middle name, which uh -huh. I think is cool. Um, and uh, we, it doesn't, it's not related to anyone. People have asked me like, Oh, did you name her after Blake Lively? No, but if, <laughs> if Olivia turns out like Blake Lively, you will not see me complaining. Um, cause I That's, love Blake Lively. So people are asking, but nobody's asking about, well, someone uh, asked if it was like Olivia Benson and Blake Lively, like two power girls, Olivia Benson from SVU. Yeah. That's so silly. Um, so no, and I do think like I always wanted. No, you know who she's named after is that um, Olivia. What's her name? Who's the gymnast? Who's Olivia Dunn? Or yeah, whatever. she's like a twenty-year-old millionaire. Yeah, 
So yeah, that's no, it. she's not named after that. Um, but if she was a twenty-year-old millionaire, I ain't gonna be mad at it. <laughs> I wouldn't either. Uh, so I thought Ellie James and you know um, Olivia Blake were were great, and I love that they're like standalone names, and they could take away our last name and be like, you know, Elizabeth James, you know, like fashion designer, or like, you know, be- Olivia Blake, journalist. Like that just sounds to me like important and, and like. You know, you got to own that name. Now it does. But, you know, my grandmother was Martha. Back in her day, Martha was a, you know. Martha could have been a journalist. Right. Now it's Martha. Martha's actually, Martha would be a cool name to come back. Martha's cool. Martha? Martha. Mm, Martha. If you say it, Martha's cool. Martha. One of my favorite uh, books growing up or series was George and Martha. It was like a book about hippos. And Martha is one of the hippos. Um, and then the other, uh, oh, Olivia's name. Yeah. So we just picked it. Uh, Jeff actually was about to bail on Olivia cause he thought it was like too common of a name. And before he had decided on Olivia after she was born, the nurse was like, Oh, Olivia, I love that. If that's what you're thinking about naming her, haven't seen that in probably 10 years. And Jeff was like, Oh, okay. I thought you were going to see, you've seen it 20 times today. It, it was another sign. And then, uh, and then I said what the second place name was, which is the one that I disqualified because mm-hmm. I didn't like mm-hmm. the kid. Um, and she said, Oh yeah, we just had, we had two of those yesterday. Yeah. So, so made the right call. But when you brought Olivia home, how were the dogs? Because I know with um, Ellie, you guys went through a whole, you know, like introducing her. Did you introduce her the same way to the dogs? How are the dogs doing with this whole new baby in there in the mix? Um, I'm just curious. All right. Bye. Um, we brought the – we, we came home. Callie walked in first and helped Callie get in because she was still sore from her surgery. And I was going to walk in the – to the living room with the carrier car seat carrier thing with Olivia in it. Um, but the dogs were literally jumping on the, the carrier the second I got in the door. So I just set it down and then um, let them go one at a time. And they just sniffed who was more Lily was Lily's actually kind of a, a babysitter. This, this Lily, every time she hears Olivia squeak, she's like, I'm on it. It's talking. It's talking. It's, it's someone taking care of this thing over here. Over here, you guys. Hello. It's squeaking. Um, maybe because Olivia sounds like a little dog or something like, like a that. Or a squeak toy. Um, this, this time was a lot less eventful than last time. Lily had a panic attack <laughs> last time. A little doggy panic attack where she was for 30 minutes when she met Ellie was like... <laughs> Like, yeah. and this one, she was like, oh, okay, new family member. All right, got it. Mom, give me a hug. I missed you. Yeah. Um, so she's been great. She hasn't growled, which is, you know, sometimes she gets a little grumpy, but she's just been like, this is my baby. Well, I don't think Sadie she's, doesn't care. I don't think she's going to growl because um, it's not mobile. Yeah. I don't think she cared. I don't think sometimes she, she gets annoyed with Ellie's energy level, I think. Oh, totally. Like when Ellie's dancing around and screaming yeah. and stuff like that. Lily's like, would you be quiet? Yeah. Um, even if Ellie's not close to her, she's just from across the room. You just hear her going, Ugh. It's like a, if a dog could sigh, Lily's done it. Guys. Oh, my gosh. We just, I just listened to Callie's story, which is crazy. It's also crazy because I have two daughters, and um, they were both born like a month or two before yours. So I'm sitting here right now with my... Ellie, um, and she is um, three months old. So your story really tugged at my heartstrings a little bit. 
Um, okay, I have just like some random questions. How many weeks were you when you had Olivia? Because you said she was little. I'm curious about that. Um, and I would love to hear just how the first week is going. I don't know if you're able to answer that on Fridays. But um, I know you did formula feeding with Ellie. Are you doing the same? Just at least for us, the second baby has been such a breeze. We're so much more confident, so much more enjoyable. It's just I'd love to hear how you guys are doing one weekend. Congrats on the new baby. Olivia was born at 36 weeks and one day. Ellie was born at 36 weeks and five days. So my kids really like that week. They like 36. They got a, they got a lot of life to live. They're going to get out early and do it. Which is great for me. I mean, I'm excited. We get four weeks with her. Had we not had that, she still wouldn't be here for another two weeks. Isn't that nuts? Isn't so crazy. So we just got four extra weeks with our girl, which is awesome. Um, the first week has been fine. The first night home, I felt horrible. I think it was just a combination of like coming off the drugs, the adrenaline, the whatever. And then Ellie's like, mommy, let's play. And then... I just was feeling I've the dogs never jumping felt so on bad. You, holding the kid, the new kid, and all that. It, it was, it you, was. You definitely overdid it. The first night was was crazy, um, and it's been hard for me. You know, the first couple of days, uh, going from you know one child to two when the second child doesn't fully grasp, like she gets that she's a sister and that Olivia is living with us and all of that. Um, she didn't get that I had surgery and that I like can't pick her up. So that was really hard for me of like, mommy, will you pick me up? And I'm like, I can't, but she sees me holding the baby all the time. Like that was really hard for me. Um, but the first week has been pretty good. I'm formula feeding unapologetically. I breastfed for, you know, until we saw the pediatrician because the, um, the pediatrician in the hospital wanted me to, which is like fine. Um, do is it something I want to struggle with if it becomes a struggle? No, and I did the same thing with Ellie. It's like I did Ellie, it. I feel like Ellie was just more into it than Olivia. Ellie was into it, and I wasn't prepared to fight either of my kids on it. Like I don't want. I have enough to worry about uh, without the without feeling overly judged and stressed about breastfeeding. So she got the colostrum. Both my kids did. Um, and then when I talked to Ellie's pediatrician, she's like, Hallie, if it, if it Olivia's. doesn't, or sorry, Olivia's pediatrician. And she's like, Hallie, don't do it. If you don't want to do it, formula's we fine. Just, She'll we just be have a couple of friends. I think this is what caused you so much stress with Ellie mm -hmm. is we had a couple friends who committed to breastfeeding mm -hmm. like that's they want to do breastfeeding exclusively and neither of their kids were into it and the anguish that it caused them the anxiety the anxiety oh why isn't this working and they were going to specialists and they were trying you know because yeah that's the what they had their mindset on and it i i could tell with especially with ellie how stressed out that made you because mm -hmm. you would what if i make this decision and it's not the right one and both kids ended up deciding what they wanted to do when they wanted to do it. Yeah. And it it's easy. fine. It's fine. We're a fed is best family. You do what you want to do. Do what good's for you, what's good for you. Uh, am I willing to like fight for the fight for the breastfeeding thing? Uh, no, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> she got the good stuff. She got the colostrum for the first two weeks. And I am uh, bowing out at that. Hi, my name is Taylor. I'm calling from Atlanta. Um, just listening to the segment about Callie giving birth and your wonderful nursing team. Um, 
as a fellow nurse, I highly recommend that you follow up um, either with their supervisors or the hospital and tell them about your great experience. Um, most people, especially in healthcare, only call to do complaints and they never um, call to do compliments. There's also a thing called a DAISY Award um, that she can be nominated for as well. So just as a nurse, um, I highly recommend that you let her higher-ups know that just how wonderful and how pleased you guys were um, with her care. And I'm glad to know that you guys are both uh, doing better. And that's it. All right. Thank you. Bye. I'm actually going to I'm gonna take her advice because I have a feeling I'm going to be spending a lot of time complaining. Complaining. <laughs> or trying to, fi trying to find somebody who can act on my complaints and mm -hmm. help resolve this. And I actually did tell um, the... I didn't get to meet Morgan's boss, but I did get to meet the boss. I think they're called like the charge nurse or something. The one that was in charge of my floor. And I gave them four specific names of nurses that I thought were over the top fantastic. And I bragged on them to their boss. So I did get that opportunity. Um, Morgan. Yes. With the Daisy award. Um, I really need to like find out who her boss is. And then even the perinatal specialist, uh, the two of them that took care of me, I wrote them hand thank you notes and sent them to their office oh, and hopefully they'll show it to their bosses. I hope that that's my intention, that their bosses, that they feel good about their care and that their bosses know that they're great. So, well, as we get your full records, mm -hmm. um, which hopefully will be coming sometime soon, we can actually go through and get the names of every single person to think that, or to tell it, their bosses how it, great they were. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay, back to emails. Uh, this is a question for me, and she says, this is so odd, and I hope it's not rude, but did you go numb and have an out-of-body experience like you were watching a show? Um, and then she goes on to highlight something that happened to her when something similar happened to her dad. Mm -hmm. And so she wanted to know if it felt out-of-body. It, it, the only thing that was weird about it is I kept backing away from the room that you were in. Mm -hmm. And I was aware that I was doing it. And I was aware that I was far enough out of the way that I wouldn't be in, in anybody's way. But it was, just a, it was just a weird response thing. But other than that, I was very present. Mm -hmm. Like I was very present with countless terrible intrusive thoughts. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the other, all the other email questions are, at this point, do they know why Callie coded? The only question I have is, do they know what happened to Callie during the delivery to cause this? Um, so is this, is this related to the epidural? If so, can you give specifics? No, we can't. <laughs> we don't know. Uh, we do know that the allergic reaction that I talked about, because somebody asked me this too, was from one of two antibiotics. They gave them to me at the same time, so they don't know which one it was, but they have them both listed on my allergy charts now. So... Um, I know for the future. Um, and then somebody that I thought was a good question said, did you talk to Kelly Knight from Modern Mystic Tarot before this baby like you did with Ellie? Oh, I don't think we did. We didn't. And if you remember, so we have um, a friend that pulls cards. She is, her name is Kelly Knight. She owns Modern Mystic Tarot. She's phenomenal. And when I say tarot, people, you know, are like, oh, it's like black bat. No, it's not. It's like going to therapy with someone that's really intuitive. And it's very encouraging, very light, whatever. She told us that Ellie came to her in a dream and said her name was Elizabeth. Isn't that weird? Without knowing what our name list was. Right. And she told Jeff, she's like, or no, she texted me and she's like, mother's intuition is always best. But I just want to let you know, I met your daughter in a dream last night. She told me her name was Elizabeth. 
just to let you know. And I was like, that's funny because that's one of our top names. And one of Kelly, similarly, similarly, one, one of Kelly's friends, um, my doctor, Kelly's doctor, who is Jewish and in uh, as Jewish custom is, you don't tell anyone the baby's name before the baby arrives. Mm-hmm. She said, I have a premonition about your baby's name, but. She's like, it came I, to me at 10 p.m. last night, but I can't tell you what it is until the baby's here because it's against Jew, Jew, Jewish tradition. But I just want you to know that um, it starts with O, and that's all I'll say. That woman needs to buy a deck of tarot cards and go into business with Kelly Knight. Hi, guys. Um, I'm so glad you're back. Um, and Kelly and Jeff, congrats on baby Olivia. Also, like, gosh, you guys made me tear up. I'm just so glad Kelly and the baby are okay. And I hope you guys soak up all the snuggles now that you guys are home and safe. Hey, guys. Congratulations on the baby. I am so, so excited for you guys and so happy. Um, I just listened to today's episode of Callie's story of the whole pregnancy. And, oh, my God, I don't know how you guys got through that. That is, whew, that's a lot. (laughs) Callie, I just want to thank you for just sharing your story. I am somebody that has struggled with pregnancy. Um, I've had my share of miscarriages, um, my last one being just the absolute worst one for me. Um, so as somebody that struggles um, it's just nice to hear other people's stories Um, because there's a lot of people out there that just make it sound like getting pregnant and having a baby and having a family is so easy to do and it's not always the case for you know everybody Um, and just thank you for always being so open and honest and somebody that I can relate to so thank you for not being so perfect (laughs) (laughs) love you guys I'm so glad that everything worked out and the hospital you were at is exceptional. My sister-in-law had um, toxemia with her baby and almost passed away and they saved her life. And so it's an incredible hospital that you were at and it's one of the best, especially for delivering babies. And I'm glad everybody's great and your baby's beautiful and you're just sweet family and I'm rambling. All right, bye. Hi guys, it's T-Bird. Welcome to the world, Olivia. All right, I have a real quick thing. So Jeff, you actually called me um, you were on your way home to um, take the dogs out. And I remember thinking, why is he calling me? I got nervous because I was like, Some, something's going on. Why is he calling me? And um, you were like, I'm just going to tell you the story real quick. And you ran through the whole thing. You were like, code blue. And they. Uh, I remember thinking, which one am I going to save? And I remember seeing them uh, rolling Callie down the thing with a girl on her on top of her doing chest compressions, and you were telling the story like it was like a story from a movie or something. Um, no emotion, kind of like you would like space out for a minute and then come back. And I remember the entire time you telling me like my mouth being like on the ground, like what? And thinking he has no clue what just happened. <laughs> But for some reason, you called me to tell me this whole story, and um, yeah, you, the adrenaline or something, but um, you're, you were 
and I think probably still are in denial, and that's okay, like survival, right? Um, but Callie, oh my God, you did so good, Mama. Think of all that you did to bring those babies into this world. So proud of you. I love you guys so much. I'm coming home to meet her. Tell her I'm coming. I love you. Bye.